Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. High drama on the show today. At 3.30, do we know who's on this press conference? It is Governor Wolf and Secretary of Health, Dr. Rachel Levine. And there's another doctor, I forget exactly who it is, that's going to be joining via Skype. Really? It's an optometrist. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, that's today, huh? That would be today at three thirty. Just when you, I mean, because you were complaining the other day to me about, he said, "Steve, is there a reason to live?" And then this comes up. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. <laughs> I just, just when, love just, when the governor likes to join the just, show. Just when you were starting to lose a little bit of hope. <laughs> this comes up. Right. So let's get to the big news of the day um, as we try and do this stuff a step at a time. So let's start with uh, Penn State. As we have mentioned to you last week, as a faithful listener of the show, you know that uh, we told you that Wednesday would be the day today that they would release Penn State Athletics COVID-19 test results. So here we go. As of July uh, July 10th, so a few days ago, Penn State Intercollegiate Athletics has conducted a total of 178 COVID-19 tests of student-athletes as part of its return-to-campus protocol. Zero positive tests. There are 31 pending tests. 
I'm wondering if a good percentage of the 31 pending tests would be field hockey. Because if this is July 10th, field hockey returned on July 6th, I believe. So again, as of July 10th, 178 COVID-19 tests for student-athletes, zero positive tests. So that's the start. Second, let's move to Columbus. Let's move west. Ohio State. As you know, Ohio State paused their... Voluntary workouts last week. Well, less than a week later, guess what Ohio State's doing? They're back to working out. And... Kansas State is back working out. They had to take a pause, so they're back working out. Ohio State took a pause, but it was less than a week. They're back working out. You know, everybody that is scheduled, you have to keep going on the September 5th schedule or whenever your opener schedule happens to be. So all of these schools have made the transition into the eight hours of meetings and so forth that you can have now. And then on the 24th, they would make the transition into the mini-camp phase of 20 hours a week. And that would be for two weeks. And so that's that news of the day. Again, Penn State, the numbers, 178 tests, and as of right now, no positives. Ohio State, after a pause, which was less than a week, back to voluntary workouts. Kansas State, back to voluntary workouts. Ed Orgeron, the head football coach at defending national champion LSU, says that it's really important to play football this year. Uh, Orgeron was uh, speaking, I guess, the vice president, I believe, went to Louisiana yesterday. Does that sound right, Matt, that the vice president was there? Yes, I do believe so. They, they, they spoke at, uh, down at, they, they used the open venue of Tiger Stadium. Uh, and Orgeron talked about the importance of football. And... He said, we need football. He said, we need to play. The state needs it. This country needs it. He says, the corona, this coronavirus can be handled. I don't think we can take this away from our players, take this away from our state and our country. We need football. Football is the lifeblood of our country. We have our team back, ready to go. We need football.
Now, meanwhile, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, of course, said Saturday his concern for the football season is high to very high. And he said, yeah, look, we're running. I said this on Marty on McGee on ESPN Radio. He said the decision to play this fall will be made in July. Now, the SEC ADs are meeting on uh, Monday. The follow-up to that is Lincoln Riley. Now, Lincoln Riley has been very open about, hey, look, got to play in the spring? We'll play in the spring. He's been one of those guys who's been very open to it. And so he was, I mean, he's really the first guy that's done that. Um, And he sounded off about playing, just plain playing. And this was was, uh, yesterday as well. And Riley did say, again, he's been open about playing in the spring. He says, look, we have to do it, we have to do it. He said, quote, this is yesterday, I can't imagine a scenario where we don't explore every option to play. Whether it's something we do in the fall, whether it's a shortened season, whether it's spring, there's nothing we should take off the table, regardless of what we have to do. I don't think there's anything we can't work around and we can't adjust and can't make work in order to play college football. We all have to do our part. Uh, he went on, let's see, Oklahoma, by the way, at one point had 14 positive tests. But then they announced new results on July 8th, 89 tests, all negative. Uh, and Riley said he just took, uh, had just taken another test Tuesday as part of the program's ongoing protocols. He made this statement at the end. The health and safety is the most important thing. And that's a determining factor. Absolutely. If we can't do it, we can't do it. But if we can, college football is so important to these communities, these universities, these athletes, not just football athletes, but college football affects every athlete on campus. It's a big, big deal. It's not more important than health. But we can, but if we can get it, if we can get it to a safe place, we've got to find a way to get it done whenever and however. Then, of course, the story from Ohio State. The decision to return was based on the advice of medical professionals, along with Monday's tests of all student-athletes who are currently participating in voluntary training. Seven sports, men's, women's uh, basketball, field hockey, football, men's, women's soccer, women's volleyball, began voluntary workouts last month. Uh, They halted their workouts in the 8th, but they're back today with their workouts. Gene Smith said they were disappointed last week when they had to temporarily halt. Said these young people come from across the nation of the world to be a part of the Ohio State family, and we do everything we can to create a safe and healthy environment. Again, everybody says this. Our medical team will continue to evaluate and we'll share decisions as we move forward. He said the athletes will be tested routinely moving forward, and training decisions will continue to be reevaluated by the medical staff. Now, they're one that does not release 
Ohio State. Ohio State does not release numbers. So, example, we know at Maryland, for example, Maryland paused and the total there was nine. But don't sit there and make the assumption it's nine football players. They'll be the first to tell you that that nine is among everybody that they have available to test. As we pointed out with Penn State, they've tested football, men's and women's basketball, men's soccer, women's soccer, women's volleyball, field hockey. Not sure about cross country. That one I don't know. I know the last one to come in was field hockey, and they came in on the sixth. And of course, you have to go through a week of quarantine. That's why I think that's where the 31 pending tests happen to be. I think that's where it is. If I was to use some semblance of logic here. And we talked about how Penn State's going about this, Penn State football-wise, in groups of 16. That's how they're doing, groups of 16. They feel that's the, the right number to work with. And... Some groups are working Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Some groups are working Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So that's how they're going about it. So there's the story on that. As, again, you take it a step at a time. Everybody has to keep preparing as if it's going to happen. doesn't mean it will I'm just saying they have to keep preparing as if it's going to happen. I'm thinking that before the week's out or maybe early next week, as long as you continue down that path of of attempting to play, you have to have a schedule. Will the Big Ten just stick with nine games? Will they kick it back to eight? Will they kick it up to ten and what dates do you want to do this? And which dates do you want to be open to give yourself some flexibility? That's what they'll have to determine. And they may, may, it's it's not easy to put together, but they may be able to put it together by the end of the week, early next week. They have to. I mean, if you're a coach, don't you want to know who your opener's against? The PSAC, which includes Bloomsburg, They're not going to do anything athletically through December um, 31st. That means no football season. For these teams... Uh, but the door was left open to the possibility of playing in the spring. That door was not shut. This is uh, these decisions are not easy, obviously, and they have wide-ranging effects. For example, it affects the players. It affects the coaches. It affects the athletic training staff. Um, it affects the sports information staff. 
it affects those from local radio and local TV, for example, or local uh, newspaper, local newspaper and radio that cover this. Suddenly that local newspaper reporter, that's their beat. I mean, hard. So what the PSAC will do is suspend all sports through the end of 2020. But playing spring football is not, and other other sports in the spring, is not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, workouts, they think, are going to continue. Uh, they released the statement. Men's and women's cross country, field hockey, football, men's and women's soccer, volleyball, uh, to the spring semester if it's safe to resume play by then. Geraldine Jones, who's the president of Cal University of Pennsylvania, and she's, you know, the newly elected chair of the PSAC Board of Directors. You think, hey, the timing's great. <laughs> now I got this job. We are committed to giving our student athletes the chance to compete during the academic year. And many institutions and conferences are facing the same circumstances as we are. And if it is safe to return to competition, we will work with them and the NCAA. So that's Bloomsburg, Cal, uh, Pennsylvania, IUP, Clarion, East Stroudsburg, Edinburgh, uh, Kutztown, Lock Haven, Mansfield, Mercyhurst, Millersville, Satan Hill, Shepherd, Shippensburg, Slippery Rock, UPJ, Pitt Johnstown, and Westchester. They'll be allowed to continue individual skill workouts and strength training plans during the fall semester, but a decision on what those guidelines will look like won't be made for at least another month. So that's the PSAC. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Everything will begin in 30 seconds. I'm sure it will. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory all at Sunbury Motors. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. And so that was my trip to the Amazon, and uh, what, we weren't on? <laughs> I, I just... And the heck with Chip Kelly. I mean, we weren't on? I mean, I was... I mean, I found that... that you know, I was just a... I just... I don't think I can retell it. I mean, it was... Uh, <laughs> It was just I mean, so good, and then I had an epic rant just bashing the heck out of Chip uh, Kelly. I don't know if anybody no, wants to hear that again. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I don't think I can retell it. I'm emotionally drained from telling it for the last hour. You're telling me that none of that was on? All right. Uh, all right. Um, fine. I'm sorry. I tried. <sighs> I, it could be one of the three best stories I've ever told. I mean, I know it's a little long. But the punchline was fabulous. It was. Okay. So, <laughs> great to have you with us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 
in Hummel's Wharf. So let's at least get to other news of the day. And in other news of the day, uh, Penn State, as of July 10th, uh, conducted a total of 178 COVID-19 tests on student-athletes as part of the return to campus. Zero positive tests. There are 31 pending, and I've got a feeling, I think a lot of those are the field hockey team because they got in July 6th, all right? But so far, every test has been negative. Good news. So you need to just keep going with the little slices of good news. Ohio State, which had stopped its practices, uh, their voluntary workouts, not practices, their voluntary workouts. Ohio State, they could be practicing. Uh, (laughs) Ohio State, which had to stop its voluntary workouts. Uh and they did not reveal where the positive tests came from and so forth. Um, but in less than a week, they're back to voluntary workouts again. So Ohio State's now back full go with their voluntary workouts and the eight hours of meetings per week that you're allowed right now, which is what Penn State's also allowed to do. And then on July 24th, each uh, program uh, at minimum, that was each program that was scheduled to play September 5th, on July 24th, is allowed to start their two-week minicamp, so that is nine days away. So, and Kansas State has restarted its practices as well. I think the only one that I know of, the only one that I know of that is shut down at the moment is Maryland, and and we and they at least said how many numbers they had. They had nine, and it's not just. And they pointed out, hey, look, whoa, whoa, it's not just football players. I want to make sure people understood that, that when you see the nine, the assumption is it's football. Uh, they didn't release the combination with which Maryland got the nine, but that's why they stopped. So in the Big Ten, everybody would be going through voluntary workouts right now with the exception of Maryland, and I wouldn't doubt before the week's out, they're back on track uh, to work you know, to workouts. You know, I... Uh, couple quick points because again we're taking this day by day all right so day by day we take it and so i because you can't predict what's going to happen next um nobody can but when i saw that obviously we all know the big 10 has said hey look our best chance is to go with a conference only schedule the pac-12 agrees it's interesting if there is a coach out there that might be helped by that decision more than anybody else, it is Clay Helton at USC. Clay Helton at USC has now eliminated, not through his own decision, non-conference games with Alabama and Notre Dame. His opportunity to craft a better record is now at hand because as a non-conference schedule, two of his three non-conference games were Alabama and Notre Dame. The primary threat on his schedule moving forward is Oregon. Essentially. And if any coach is looking around saying, oh boy, I know I need to win this year. I mean, they all feel that, but He'd be one right away you would look at and say, you know what? May have caught a break here. 
Now let's flip it to the other side. Let's pick out a coach that if they go only to conference games in his conference, it's going to raise a red flag for him. If the SEC were to decide to go with nothing but conference games, and this again, this is all assuming that we're going to go forward with something. Now, when that is, I don't know. Okay? But I would look at Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. James Franklin did the remarkable at Vanderbilt. He crafted a record and didn't do it by loading up with... Um, you know, hey, we're, we're going to play four really bad teams and just try and win two in the SEC and go to a bowl game. James was winning nine games a year in back-to-back years at Vanderbilt. Remarkable. Before James, Vanderbilt did nothing, essentially. Or let's just say very little. James got there, and what he did was he suddenly gave the people in Nashville and anyone who's a Vanderbilt fan, he gave them for the first time in a long time a semblance of hope. He then takes the Penn State job, where he has now done the same thing. He has come in here, took over a tough situation, and he's given everybody thrills and a lot of hope for the future. So he's done the same thing here. Because obviously when he took over, scholarship-wise, they were at 63. It was a low ebb. So enter Derek Mason. It is always tough to be the next person up. Derek Mason comes in. Derek Mason's a good coach. But let's face it, Vanderbilt's success right now is crafted around how well do we do with the non-conference And if we can win three non-conference games out of four and somehow scratch out three SEC wins, we're in a bowl game. We can go four and all they have to do is go two and six. You go three and one, you got to go three and five. He has a kind of schedule this year at Vanderbilt that probably could get him three wins. Then you roll the dice on the fourth. But if he has to play nothing but an SEC schedule... Can he get to five wins? It would be quite a climb. So the move to a conference schedule, a conference-only schedule, I think on paper benefits a guy like Clay Helton. And I think somebody like Derek Mason, for example, a conference-only schedule, if the SEC decides to do that, as an attempt to save the season would be awfully difficult for him. The PSAC PSAC made its decision. Uh, They decided no fall sports, but they left the door open to playing in the spring. In other words, football, as an example, could be played in the spring. They're going to craft protocols so that the fall athletes can continue to work out with the idea their their seasons would be pushed back. And, of course, this would include, among schools, Bloomsburg. So they've made the decision, like the Patriot League has made a decision. I think the Patriot, if I'm not reading this right, Matt, the Patriot has left open the possibility of spring football. There is that possibility, but it's not entirely clear yet what they're going to do. But it's I would call it a slight possibility at this point. 
I'm just like I said, they left the door open. I didn't say it was definitive. Um, I have to text Doug here at some point just to just to text Doug. Yeah. I realize that he's going to, he's going to miss broadcasting anything in the fall. I mean, but he is going to have that peace of mind. You know, oh, that's a different topic. <laughs> Matt rolling his eyes. But I I think the Patriot left open the the possibility. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Dick and Milton, hi Dick, how are you, bud? Steve, I just was listening to you talking about uh, Vanderbilt, and he's like, do you you realistically think that a lot of a lot of teams are going to a lot of sponsors are going to want to sponsor a lot of bowl games if this thing keeps, continues the way it's going? I mean, I don't know how well, many bowl games there were last year. Do you think there's going to be as many teams that are going to be able, want to play in bowl games even at that late? Well, it's a good question. I didn't really bring up bowl games. I was just bringing up what his record would be. Right. In the and I understand the, that, but my only point is it, somebody has to sponsor all these bowl games, and then it takes crowds of people. Yeah. And if this thing is going on into that time of the year, I'm just wondering if there will be as many uh, bowl games as there have been over the last number of years, 5,000 or whatever the number is. Probably, probably not if it keeps going like this. I think it would be an individual bowl and school decision as to whether they go. And I believe the Rose Parade was canceled today. I mean, the Rose Parade was canceled. I mean, I was just curious, because well, when I heard you talking about records, and, you know, they have to get a record, obviously they have to yeah. be bowl eligible. And I'm thinking, well, hell, there might be as many bowl games anyhow. That's what, that's right. what made me think about it. Yeah, and I was just thinking more on, I mentioned five. That gets you to 500, five, and five. That way you can look at your athletic director and say, hey, if there aren't bowl games, we, we would have been bowl eligible. Um, and I, I was more looking at from that point of view. Um and as for bowl game, nobody's nobody's made a single decision on a bowl game yet. None, zero. Even the college football playoff, Bill Hancock and people. I have not met Bill Hancock, never have, but I've had everybody to tell me that does know him that this is one of the one of the smarter, nicer guys on the planet. And he was saying that right now for them, they are going forward with the idea they're going to have the college football playoff. Now on July fifteenth, you can say that. Because as of right now, on this level, nothing officially has been canceled, pushed back. You know, there's been a change in the number of comp- in the number of games some teams are going to play, but so far they haven't made that decision yet. Like the Patriot, the Ivy, the PSAC, the Centennial. Um, so they haven't made those decisions yet. But yeah, you're right. I mean, who knows with all these sponsors? I mean, they may work out a deal where they keep their sponsorship and have it kicked up, you know, kicked back an extra year. I mean, we'll see. Right, yeah. I'm just curious. Well, I got to thinking about it yesterday when it came out that the Eagles might allow, not allow fans. Now that today right. they backed off a little bit on that. So I don't yeah, they back, they back, so, it, Everything is so fluid. Yeah. I mean, that's what it came out. The Eagles weren't going to allow fans just to play the games. And I'm thinking, you know, there's no continuity in the whole country about anything. This high school team might play. This team isn't playing. They're not doing this. College team's not playing. This one's going to play. It seems to me that they ought to get together and have one consistent policy. It might, might be easier for the fans to know what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, there, there's part of that. There's part of me that agrees with that, and there's part of me that says, should decisions I make here be beholden what's happening in Florida or California? I mean, it's you know, it's. I'll give you a good. Exa- I'll give you a good example. All right, in New Jersey, 
we'll use a business example. Uh, they put, I'm trying to think, what did they close down restaurants and bars? Right? And it was a yep. woman I was watching on TV, and she said, Why am I closed down? I've got my tables 10 feet apart. I serve breakfast. We don't have a bar. Why do I have to be closed? And so while I understand a national policy in one respect, but I also sometimes wonder if one size does fit all. Well, maybe it doesn't. I mean, I, mean, I think it's a legitimate it's a legitimate question to ask. I mean, if if you're doing fine in North Dakota, and you've had no issues in North Dakota, so I'll just randomly pick a state, and you look at what's going on in Louisiana, should North Dakota, which has had no problem, I don't know if they have or not, I'd have to look it up, but I'm using them as just use an example. Should they not have high school football because they can't have it in Louisiana? Yeah. Well, I know one thing, then you know I'm going to drop off on this, but there's no, there's no state where the fan is more, other than Pennsylvania, where the, the fan is more involved in high school football than Texas, and that's kind of one of the worst states right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens down there. Yeah, you are right about that, Dick. Spot I mean, on. it's a big deal down there. It's a bigger deal down there than most like, most uh, colleges oh. and professional footballs in the time. Oh. No, I had, so. I, when, I, when I played high school football, Dick, we actually had a family move in from Texas, and our running back obviously transferred in, and he played in the state high school championship game in what was then the Houston Astrodome. I mean, that's 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 a big deal. I mean, the biggest stadium we played in when I was playing in high school was our own, and I think it sat a thousand. <laughs> Okay, thanks, Steve. I just was checking. I just thought about the bowl games. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I appreciate it, Dick. Uh, back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, uh, great to have you back on the show today. Joe Giuliano is going to join us tomorrow on the show. And uh, from Philadelphia. And Phil Steele's going to join us on the show Tuesday. So, again, the guests just keep rolling on here. Uh, and we will uh, we'll see. Nobody knows. I, mean, you know. I have people stop and ask me all the time. Of course, I'm wearing my mask all the time. And people, hey, you got your mask on. And I always tell them, I said, it's my... Uh, public radio persona. It still feels like you're on the radio when you see me. So, <laughs> oh, for goodness' sakes, you can have some fun with things, can't you? Yeah. That's a good way to spin it. I like it. Yeah, what the heck? And uh, I feel badly. Doug Birdsong won't have games to call this. Uh, This season, I actually spoke to him yesterday. Very disappointed. Yeah. Now I know there. I mean, I guess there was one big plus out of it. <laughs> I think I know that plus. It's something to do with peace of mind. <laughs> <laughs> like Doug complains of headaches. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Game's over. My head's just bursting. Uh, Do you know he's only been on campus 
four times since March. Doug? Yeah. Really? Really? Hell of night, he's been working from home. Wow. And this is a guy that's, that calls everything from baseball, softball, water polo. Yep. Volleyball, yep. he calls everything. He is constantly. I mean, people tell me I'm busy. <laughs> Not like this guy. Jeez. The Dugger something else does great work. Great work. Big Doug Birdsong fan. So, very big. No God! Uh, no God! No God! We played that for Nathan Davis. I'm not sure Nathan recovered. <laughs> I don't think he did. <laughs> he hit it as best he could. I thought I thought it was I thought for Nathan it was an eye-opening experience like this is what's happening while I'm on the other side of the court coaching. <laughs> not his first rodeo, but it gets him every time. Uh, I know. <laughs> Today's show has been brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 1st Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You can go online as well and check out the product line at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, fabulous sales staff, great deals, a service department that is second to none. Look, you're going to invest in a vehicle from Sunbury Motors. They'll take care of the life of your investment. 